0: Welcome to Going Platinum, the show where one man will review some of the most iconic, or not so iconic, albums of all time. Here's your host, Luke Kane. Hello and welcome back to Going Platinum. Yes, I know it's been a while since my last episode, but I'm back and I'm ready to review some more great albums. Today, I'd like to talk about an album that really pioneered a genre like no other and that is In the Court of the Crimson King by King Crimson. Now this is the first iteration of King Crimson, comprised of five members. Greg Lake, Peter Sinfield, Michael Giles, Robert Fripp, and Ian McDonald. If those names sound familiar to you, that means they went on to do projects that were far better than this. For example, Greg Lake went on to do Emerson Lake and Palmer, and Ian McDonald went on to find Foreigner. In fact, Robert Fripp was the only one that stayed, and continue to make 12 albums with King Crimson with other members. But for this one point in time, they made an album so great that it's widely considered to be the best that King Crimson has had to offer. They got their big break to debut this album in during a free concert in Hyde Park where they opened for the Rolling Stones. That's when you know you made it big. You open for the Rolling Stones in the 1960s. A year later they release this album to mixed reviews but became sandwiched between two other big releases one of them was abbey road by the beatles but still their sound was revolutionary for the time so let's just jump right into track one and see how it worked out the opening track is 21st century Soid man it starts off with a really hard rocking riff changing into a lyrical portion then going back again Then, later in the song, it transforms into a very big instrumental break, comprised of some keyboards, some guitar, and some really good drumming by Michael Giles. Like I said with Supertramp in my last episode, this is very early Pink Floyd-esque, which I like. The lyrics seem very commentary-like. I'll play the second verse for you guys, just to see what you guys think. Those are some very bold statements right there. A way you can interpret it is a knock on a few politicians. I mean, for example, they mention politicians, funeral pyre, and innocence raped with napalm fire. So, yes, we could have another anti-Vietnam song right here. In fact, this song was dedicated to Nixon's vice president, Spiro Agnew. This song has a lot of great things going for it. You got a very recognizable riff. A lot of good lyrics, and mixed all in a way to make it seem very revolutionary. The only thing that I would say is not so good on this song is how it's very distorted. But that was just due to a technical error in the original mix. The end of this song just builds and builds and builds, eventually mixing in, into a cacophony of sounds, and then dies down into track two. I Talk To The Wind is a very, very stark contrast from 21st Century Schizoid Man, for obvious reasons. The flute and keyboards drive this song to its max, its very low max, and I like it a lot. I wouldn't want to hear another guitar song after we just got done with track one. My favorite part about this song, however, is the lyrics. Peter Sinfield does a really good job with all of these songs, but why do you talk to the wind? Well. Easy. Quote, the wind does not hear. The wind cannot hear. If you just shout things into the open, who is there to say anything? It reminds me a lot of the book Into the Wild and how it has a message of transcendentalism. One more thing to note, this song is six minutes long, which would usually be on the long side, except that this is the shortest on the album. Believe it or not, there is a 12-minute song, which does occur on side two. It puts into perspective how long prog rock songs can get. Now, for how long the songs are, it's a blessing and a curse. It's good that a lot can go into it, but if it's the same thing going on for the longest time, it gets stale and repetitive quickly. But for this song, it doesn't really seem like that. It's only six minutes long. And if you look at 21st Century Skid Man, which is around more than seven minutes long, there is obviously none of that. But enough of that, let's get into track three so we can get to my favorite song in the album. Track three, Epitaph, is one of the grandest songs I've ever heard. Just listen. candy it sounds like you're being put into a trance of all the songs on the album this one's lyrics seem to be the most prophetic the story seems to take place near or in a post-apocalyptic earth where the fabrications of our existence and reality are slowly fading away and all that's left is quote confusion will be my epitaph those who know are the most powerful and yet those who bend the rules are the most dangerous. There seems to be a sense of uncertainty, and it's complemented by really strong sad emotions in the lyric and I feel tomorrow I'll be crying. The music composition seem to complement it really well. Along with the Mellotron I mentioned earlier, the slow tempo, the classical instruments used, and the fact that there's very little guitar and relies solely on the vocals and keyboards make it all come together really nicely. An eight minute long song, but well worth the eight minutes. And um, that's the end of side one. Yeah, only three songs, but with a prog rock album like this one, it's kind of something you have to expect with there being long songs. Well, nevertheless, time for side two. Side two track one is Moonchild comprised of about 2 minutes of real vocals, and 10 minutes of nothing. You heard me right. 12 minute long song where 10 minutes is just pure quiet passages. Remember when I said earlier that if you have a very long song and you have very quiet passages that make it seem to go on forever, it will become boring. It does kind of fit into this song where the soft spots do sound very interesting. Some of it is very mellow guitars, some of it is even vibraphone, and very seldom do you even hear a guitar or any drum tracks. If you're someone who likes really quiet songs and where you can just hear a few noises here and there, then this song is really for you. But for me, I'm not really a huge fan of it, mainly because it gets boring after a while of hearing kind of the same thing. But I do like the contrast with this song and the other half of the album this song along with the next track kind of fit into the theme of a fantastical world whereas the first side seems to have more of a humanitarian feel and has a lot of moral messages but anyway you hear this song kind of fade away into existence and then all of a sudden you hear this Title track, The Court of the Crimson King. There's that Mellotron I know and love. Like 21st century schizoid man. Court of the Crimson King has a very famous King Crimson riff in it. What you just heard. And like I said earlier, this and Moonchild seem to have a more fantastical approach. Again, the grand composition of this song is what makes it. You have the Mellotron. You also have a very gracious sounding woodwind, thanks to Ian MacDonald. Greg Lake's vocals, not a ton of guitar, it just comes together so naturally. The lyrics don't even seem to have much of a story behind it. It just seems to be an observation about what goes on in the court of the Crimson King. Wait, the title of this album is In the Court of the Crimson King, An Observation by King Crimson. Mind blown. And just when you think you've heard the last of it, no you haven't. It comes back quietly then drives back into full swing and ends just as crazy as 21st century schizoid man did it all comes together full circle and that is in the court of the crimson king from the moment you lay eyes on the bizarre album cover you know this is going to be a ride and it became one of the best albums of all time it reached number five on the uk billboard charts and in number 28 in the United States, certified gold. But I'd say this one gets my Platinum Seal of Approval. That'll be it for this episode of Going Platinum. Thank you so much for tuning in. As always, my Twitter handle is Going Platinum. Make sure you follow so you always get updated as to when my next episode will be out. Until next time.